0: Give up the funk. Give up the funk. That's Lou Graham. Lou Graham and Foreigner. And I meant to play, so I'm about to get yelled at by my co-host, uh, Will Wu, Dr. Will Wu, because I was I was, I was was told to use our normal show music, and I screwed it up because I hit the wrong button. So, Will... Uh... Peace, <laughs> man. It's like...
1: It's like... It's like you're an old-school radio DJ. Just play whatever you want.
0: (laughs) MMA BJJ in life. Hi, I'm your host, DJ San Marco. Welcome back, along with my co-host who's about to give me at least 30 lashes and possibly keelhaul me on his sailing (laughs) yacht, Dr. Will Wu of Cal State Long Beach, and the heavy metal genius, the bass player, the nursing student, and the sociology major, Mr. Nick Cazono. How are you guys?
2: Good DJ, I, I, you could just—you don't have to lie to us, man. Just no, hit the I, wrong button. <laughs> I swear, what I swear is this? It. I I <laughs>
0: would not lie to you guys. This
1: we this just had a school. Okay, you Dogging your homework. We just had <laughs> no, this strategic, strategic discussion about what guys, music to play at the beginning of the show. I'll
0: send you guys a screenshot of what I was looking at. I am being my, my integrity is being challenged oh. here. I will fight back, sir. <laughs>
3: I, I mean, play it back. We'll will, like... will wanted
2: Rage Against the Machine last show when you played – Foreigner. Foreigner. No, you played uh, – who did you play last show? It was a good song. It was like Dude, a funk song. You know what?
0: We're going to be like uh, – this is <laughs> going to be like Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. That's that's where this is
1: headed. Goodness. Uh, Goodness gracious. DJ.
0: Unhand her, sir. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> All right, here goes. Here goes the screen. I think that
1: I think you just lost everybody with that reference, DJ. <laughs> but I, <laughs> <laughs> this this podcast is BJJ, M, wait wait wait, wait. BJ, <laughs> MMA BBJ in life.
3: You lost people with that. <laughs> you know what sucks,
0: man, is like when you're just so old that even my co-host, who's in his 40s, can't relate to me. That's how terrible <laughs> this is. Okay, so this is as when you open that screenshot, you'll see what happened. Now. Before we go any further, I'm looking at the VU meters on the recording. I want to encourage both of you to open the settings and turn down your input volume a
1: little bit. No way. No way. People, people want know. to hear me loud. And
0: people want to hear Will.
1: <laughs> no way, man. This is under video settings? <laughs> no. All right. Go I to took the- it down a little bit. Go to where it's. I will wind. not go down any. I will not <laughs> decrease oh, the volume any more than that.
2: Audio settings? I
1: love it. See what he's see how he's trying to take over the show. Wellness oh God! So
0: vain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's,
1: he is, he's choosing his own music oh, after we God. agree upon All right. the show music. Did you look at the
0: screenshot? Did you look at it? It says. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't click on Funko. I clicked play thinking it was gonna pick Funko Rama because it was up there, but it still had feels like the first time up there. So. Okay, I can. I can. Can you give me a mulligan can, on that?
1: Yeah, I can. Okay. I can empathize with you on that. Turn
0: one. your head, Will. I'm gonna kick the ball towards the tee. Okay. Well, <laughs> technically, if sorry. technically yeah. if I hey. were to
1: if I were to give you a mulligan on this one, we'd start all over like it never happened, and you play the right music.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so oh. So basically, what you're doing is you're not asking for a mulligan; you're asking for forgiveness from Nick and I. Okay, I'm from, asking. Sorry, I beg your forgiveness. Sorry, from Nick and me.
0: If I'm being grammatically correct. Will is going to keelhaul uh, keel haul me, but luckily his sailing yacht has no barnacles on it, so hopefully I won't get cut. Uh it won't be like the black pearl or anything, Nick. I don't want you to have any visions of, you know, me with Captain Jack Sparrow. Good. All right. Pirate All right. <laughs> I
1: know.
0: I'm on fire tonight, guys. Yeah,
1: remember, baby. remember this yeah. is BJJ MMA and Live DJ.
0: MMA, BJJ, and life. DJ San Marco, Dr. Will Wu, Nick Kazono Let's break it down.
1: Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So Anthony Davis, he's probably going to sign a two-in-one. Oh, wrong podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: Man, let us please. Uh, we'll get to NBA at the end if Will has any thoughts about the trades, about the fear the fear that I live with today is not the fear of right against left or rogue roving bands of armed people in the streets. Uh, the fear I have today is of Rajon Rondo leaving the Lakers. That's my <laughs> the biggest concern in my life right
1: now. So layoff Rondo, playoff but Rondo. you know it'll it'll all we'll have all the answers to our. Off-season NBA questions because DJ has LeBron coming on soon. So, oh my God, coming up, <laughs> the, the, it's the coming up, folks. <laughs> I
0: will physically die. I will <laughs> cease to exist if LeBron were to join us on air. I have.
2: He'll be on a helicopter and yeah. he'll just go right, bam, right on, right, Yeah, my professionalism. I
0: wouldn't be. I would be a complete <laughs> fanboy. I'd be going like this. It'd be terrible. So, uh, <laughs> but LeBron, if you're out there, uh, I have a man crush on you. Anyway. Uh, Moving right along. MMA BJJ in life. Nick was kind enough to send us some topics. And because Nick is a nursing student, because he's caring for people, I want to ask him, Nick, do we start with the heat, the friction, if you will? Okay, we're starting a fire. we're, We're out in the woods here. We have the spindle, right? we may even do the little bow thing
3: well, all the um, molecules are yes, fast yes yes we got to fast some Tinder. Mo- fast moving molecules throw the
0: Tinder on there. is it, it are we starting with John Jones and Daniel Cormier or are we starting with last yeah. week's card we could do that let's do it you want to do which
1: one John I, Jones and Daniel I, mean, yes. I, I so i ask you before we started the show yes sir get me up to speed here what DJ knows down?
2: more about it than myself. What uh, went down?
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, Nick, do you want to pull up the tweets, or you want me to pull them up? Oh, you could do that. I only saw like one of okay. them, so you're okay. you probably more okay, versed in it. Okay, then while I'm doing that, you're getting Will and our audience up up to speed with a basic overview while I pull up these tweets.
2: I think it, what it was just John Jones. They're talking about what greatest fall time or something, mm-hmm. and dc and then john jones called dc a quitter or something Then dc's like hey i'm 41 i did you know i went i got the interim belt at 205 and then i went up to heavyweight got a heavyweight belt at you know age of 40 two time you know two champ you know, champ champ status then i lost you know he lost to one of the best heavyweights of all time in CBA. he's like let me see you do something when you're 41 see how you how good you are or something along the lines of that and then they kind of went back and forth or something that's that's kind of all i know about it
0: yeah um so what what i had here i have i don't know what precipitated what john says so john obviously said something and dc's response was dummy after i lost to you while you were on peds (laughs) mind you I won the 20 I won back the 205 title, then won the heavyweight title, then back surgery, then Stepe beat me two times. Sure, sounds like quitting, huh? I'm 41 years old. Let's see what you're doing at 41, you loser. I can't wait. <laughs> I agree with
1: everything DC said in that except for the fact that he said Stepe beat him twice. Stepe only beat him once. And he beat himself the other time. <laughs> but other than that, I completely agree with DC.
0: Nick is going to remain neutral on this because he wants to be able to go home to Cleveland without getting shanked at the baggage claim. Is that fair to say, Nick? <laughs> That's fair, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. going
2: back in December, so I don't want to
0: get yeah, my I, I, I suggest you like not people. say anything. I want to beg forgiveness from uh, Mestre <laughs> Mark Stefanik and his crew at Gracie Academy, Helsing Gracie Cleveland, right now. I think DC beat himself twice. I think he could have won uh, both. And uh, here he says, uh, Victor Conti, uh, the fi- and who I know Will knows very well. Yeah. What was the name of that? I don't remember the name of the lab in NoCal, right? Balco. Balco, thank you. Uh, and B- Victor Conti says, uh, colon, John Jones, low testosterone levels before UFC 182. Highly suspicious. If anyone knows it, this guy. OK, so just as a uh, reference an article by Tristan Critchfield, I think where he interviewed Victor Conti back in uh, 2115 in anticipation of UFC or, or post UFC182. Victor Conti again okay he is the one who was the uh basically dope master for uh for Barry Bonds right well Well, more than Barry Bonds more than Barry Bonds Uh, for a
1: lot of people in a lot of different sports as he was designing uh he's
3: engineering Uh, designer PEDs one of those guys okay yeah Yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah it was serious serious uh business there with Mr. Conti uh, and so I guess uh, Tristan Critchfield, who is the editor of Sherdog.com, uh, must have interviewed him back then. So, uh, so then it says Daniel Coast, uh posts right here. John Jones removed from UFC 200 for potential uh, doping violation. Uh, this was uh, by the Associated Press, and then he goes, "You think he was trying to cheat against me?" <laughs> exclamation point! Exclamation point! <laughs> He would – John Jones
1: is such an outstanding citizen. He would never do something
0: like that, Oh, we're not done yet. Never. Oh, my gosh. That was UFC 200. Then it's UFC 214. John Jones failed drug tests before UFC 214 fight against Daniel Cormier. So that's two (laughs) plus the low testosterone one uh, at UFC 182, which uh, is the one where I think – I think after that's when he went on the clomiphene the estrogen blocker or whatever. So a lot of heat between DC and Cormier and um you know it's 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 really sad that uh and now Todd Martin writes a piece. Okay, so I got to send you guys this piece from Todd Martin and I don't mean it's called The Bottom Line, a few bones to pick. And nice. Oh, yeah. When was yeah. this written? Oh, uh, this was written today. This was released today on Sherdog.com. Oh, oh, wow. So, uh, oh, okay. I'll put it to you there. Send it to you guys. Give and... us a little breakdown. Give us a little summary. Well, I I, I haven't yeah, read it. It's quite long. It's quite long. But basically, it says they've been engaging in a war of words. When oh, DC you're... re-engaged his arch-rival this week, it's easy to imagine them. Uh, and then he talks about a Jones eligibility status for the greatest of all time. And Cormier's argument is Jones is or isn't at that level, but rather that the fact that he failed drug tests in the past means he simply shouldn't be considered in the discussion.
1: Uh, not only did he fail drug, pass in, or drug tests in the past, but look at what organization he's failing it for. He's failing it within the UFC. So it's not like he's failing it with... Um, usa track and field or or whatever the cycling organization is called he's probably failing it in uh in an organization that's probably very negative friendly or sorry positive friendly
0: right yeah it's 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 quite that's a
1: that's interesting
0: he's basically saying that it's ambiguous and he, this is a very long – the notion of an unfair advantage in fighting is also not as clean of a distinction as it might seem. For example, some fighters have historically been known for pawing in opponents with their open hands and capitalizing on incidental uh, eye pokes to secure technical knockouts. So, yeah, he, he's basically trying hey, 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 to hey, – hey. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh Nick? Or me? They're really, uh,
2: <laughs> they're really digging up all the dirt on John Jones' kind of
1: Oh no, he's the opposite. He's he's yeah, he yeah, was, the He's uh, trying to uh, rationalize. Uh, yeah, the guy's trying to rationalize. Whereas okay. he's basically oh, comparing okay. to put in putting Talk substance, about
0: I'll be right back.
1: Parallels parallel he's trying to parallel I get, I get, putting yeah. substances in your body with using techniques that are considered illegal i get i get cheating. what he's saying he's saying
2: hey he's on steroids but he's he's still a good fighter even without the steroids So, is it really the steroids that made and he's also fighter?
1: saying that uh what happens if you eye gouge someone on purpose or something that's cheating to something See, will, at least that's a, what a lot I got of people
2: john jones of doing that like his eye pokes are some people say that they are deliberate, that he does them deliberately and, and everything. It, it, that's, hard. that's a hard claim to, to have some truth, to really reveal absolute truth to that someone purposely pokes someone in the eye. Granted, I did hear um, Frank Trigg He's like he's a little old school, but he had he had a rivalry with um Pat Militage type fighters like Matt Hughes. He had a rivalry with Matt Hughes and then Matt Hughes was friends with Robbie Lawler. They fought him, Frank Trigg and Robbie Lawler fought like in Japan years after he lost to um Matt Hughes and in an interview with Frank Trigg. He's like, Yeah, I tried to Thumb in the eye. <laughs> he, he straight up said, like, I tried to th- put my thumb in this dude's eye because he did something to me. And and then even Robbie Lawler was like, yeah, he tried to thumb me in the eye. And you know what? When I knocked him out, I, I hit him again when he was unconscious because he tried to freaking poke me in the eye with his thumb. I was like, oh, gosh. So that's, like, the only instance that I remember of a fighter straight up just revealing that, yeah, I tried to poke this guy in the eye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to. It- try to-
0: it's funny, all these guys are going to try to come up with all these theories and they're going to try to take unempirical, subjective thoughts and make it sound like it's data to say that the fighter that they like who's been super successful that cheated is insignificant, the fact that they cheated. But the bottom line is is that you have a whole pool of people. In fact, Khabib just tweeted that he took his test and said it was the 47th test in like a, a, a relatively short period of time because he just did his test. And Daniel says, they're still coming over my house. And Daniel was was sort of telling uh, uh, some, the narratives of how he takes him to the smallest bathroom in the house and makes him really uncomfortable, sit on the
3: <laughs> toilet
0: and drop a deuce while they're, he's giving him his urine sample, et cetera, et cetera. The <laughs> bottom line is you have these gigantic – pool of people who have tested all these times they've never been caught and they had great careers and then you have this very very small group of people relative to the the overall group of 500 fighters that have cheated and then so they want people want to step up and make an excuse if they didn't think it was going to help them they wouldn't take it but they did and there's some people. It was accidental. Some people. It really was opening a package, and 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 there was tainted supplements. That's true. But then you just saw fighter after fighter after fighter after fighter say, "Ah, it's a tainted supplement, man. I don't know how this happened. I got it, at GNC." <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry. That's called that's called being an
1: amateur, right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and John goes, "I got it. I took a dick pill from this guy at the gym, man. He." Who? Well, he's you know he's just a guy that comes in and trains. He's not like you know like one of the name guys, man. I'm not gonna say who he is.
3: <laughs> I
2: it's mean, funny it's... whenever these guys get popped for, you know, uh, a failed drug test. And they, usually the answer that they go to or their their go to statement or excuses the tainted supplements. Now, granted, there is studies that have shown. I'm sure you know this, Will. It's true. Your studies have shown that, you know, they take these products that you could get over the counter at a GNC and everything and they test them. And I would say it's usually like, I don't know, like 10, 15 percent, maybe 20 percent of those products do have some traces of PEDs in them that aren't listed in the ingredients. The FDA sort of regulations on the supplement sort of industry is very, very relaxed compared to what you think it is. So those things kind of sneak in. My whole point is if the fighter gets caught with PDs and they say he or she says, Hey, you know, this this product is tainted, they never reveal what the product is. They never go, Oh, it's this product. Don't take it. I remember uh a good point. Josh Josh Salmon, I don't know if you remember him, mm-hmm. he was from Ultimate Fighter. He was a middleweight. He died, he probably, right? He died, yeah. He, he died, died of the, a drug overdose, yeah, I did. think. It was really tragic. really he sad. Was
0: a, he was a good he was a journalist and a fighter.
2: Yeah, and he posted a lot. He he wrote some articles on uh, MMA Junkie, but he he made that point. He's just like, hey, if you take a supplement that's supposed to be tainted, just just tell us which one it is, so we don't so we don't have give you know so we don't make that same mistake and everything. And I was like, that's a good point, but you never hear about you know the supplement that Yoel Romero took that was tainted. Which one was that? Hey, yeah. let
0: me tell hey, let me tell you something, yeah. guys. T- I, buy the, I buy that I that stuff one. in the GNC mall <laughs> in the Dake County. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. That was pretty so good, man. Well. That's pretty Will good. Go- <laughs> well go ahead, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Back in the day I can accept that excuse, but in the current day situation, that's a really terrible excuse if you're a professional in this, in this game is that I went to GNC. Come on, man. I mean, you have the UFC has nutritional services that they provide all their fighters. And if you're watching all the training segments of all the fighters, they all have their, their nutritionists. So if you're a professional, that's not happening. Um, That's just, that's an, it's a common, common uh, excuse for, for the guilty. Uh, yeah. So I don't like, I just, you're, you're damned if you use it, if you use that excuse or not, because if you if it's, you got caught and then if you didn't get caught, then you're you're an idiot for having a terrible support staff or no support staff at all.
0: (laughs) Will's more upset that someone's dumb enough not to know how to cheat properly. No, yes. I'm just no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, no, no. that's
1: exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "Jesus, if you're going to cheat, um, at least be smart about it. it. I, yeah. Hire someone who knows what they do. Yeah, do well because they're there are a lot of people so, that are they are it well. But you know, fight sports are it's just littered with bro science, so yeah. I don't. It doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, John is getting his stuff from the Seven Eleven on San Mateo and Albuquerque uh, on the east side. But anyway,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> so, argument there's a whole argument for a supplementation too. Um, there's a really, really good, uh, muscle physiologist, exercise physiologist named Keith Barr. I suggest you all check him out. Um, this is, he's one of the premier scientists in the field of muscle physiology, growth, etc. And he has, I know him through my work with high performance USA track and field. Um, and you, you should hear at least from, the summits, the sports science summits that I was speaking with, with him, what he has to say about supplementation and things like that. And, uh, it's basically not in favor of it or, well, I mean, it's overuse. People are overusing it. Um, there's one thing where people have these natural imbalances because how they metabolize certain nutrients, right? That's one thing is to be able to supplement that way. But if you don't have those issues, and you're just like taking vitamin D Uh, you see everybody, (laughs) you see everybody at the Academy, like with their uh, BCAA drinks and all that type of of thing. It's just like, I I remember, I remember his, I remember his, um, his, his story to uh, these coaches. And these coaches are like coaches of world record athletes, Olympic gold medal athletes. And he's basically saying from his perspective, when he sees um, at the at the Olympic Village, he can tell who's doing their nutrition well and who's not doing their nutrition well by what it is that they're taking into the room. And his generalization was the athletes that are taking all these all these jars of supplements into their room <laughs> don't know what they're doing. <laughs> And it was the whole. It was based off the whole chocolate milk debate. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but there's a lot of, um, probably about ten years ago ish. There was this. Um, there were these studies done on you know supplementation post workout and just like chocolate milk. And it was came out like chocolate milk was just as effective uh, as buying all these supplements and post workout <laughs> drinks and stuff. I'm like all that.
0: for it. I love chocolate <laughs> milk.
1: All right, And then what you had was, who really did it well for a while, um, were the Australians. So the Australians kind of nationalized their sport performance and sport de- development. It's still kind of around in, um, in a smaller form. It's called the Australian Institute of Sport, AIS. But when they were full go, they did really, really good sport science. Um, and then you could see their athletes, their athletes had... Just bringing like chocolate milk into their into their dorms right for their supplementation stuff and then you have other athletes just overdosing themselves with well not overdosing themselves necessarily in the negative way but pissing half the, of it out yeah exactly <laughs> just like wasting their money um because they're just pissing out kind of thing um, and i have another there's so there's keith barr you should all you you all should all check out he's got some um really good he's got a really good podcast i believe on the stem talk podcast and then there's um a couple other guys that um are in the university system with me that i'll try to get on the show but um one of them was on the show with uh jim rogan and he does a lot of work with uf ufc fighters um but we'll have him i'll try to get him on the show but he does a really good job of he's my uh He's my filter when it comes to the exercise physiology stuff because there's so much bullshit out there. So he's my filter for that. But um, I would love to so have
0: that dude on. Tell him
1: that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's just his name is Andy Galpin. If you oh want yeah, yes, yeah. yes,
0: I've heard him. Yes,
1: <clears throat> and he's also a muscle physiologist, um, and he's on the Joe Rogan. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast at least once, and is probably one of the best. Like he has a lot of different people on there but he's had a lot, he has a lot of controversial people or I don't want to say controversial. Let me say he'll, he has a lot of people who do extreme types of nutritional, um, carnivore diets, right? Like all carnivore <laughs> diet or whatever it is, like yeah. all dairy with like, yeah, there's no, like a ton of them yeah. right out there. And, uh, every, but then you see everybody doing these types of diets and just like, dude, what are you doing? So I thought it was really good that Joe Rogan had him on because he was a really good bullshit filter to, to all the other guests that he's had on that's been, um, advertising a certain way of eating and a certain way of not eating, but cheese man, and
0: Joe's carnivore diet lasted about a month and a half. And someone's like, yeah, how's it going with that carnivore diet? He goes, um, I don't it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's it's one like, thing. There's no world that that could be healthy, not having some vegetables, but you I'm, gotta I'm eat vegetables.
1: Good. Yeah, she's just a really good bullshit filter for people to have, especially in, in fight sports. And it's one of the things that is my pet pet peeve in fight sports, because in my opinion, you need to be at your optimum or maximal levels of performance uh, for this sport because it is really difficult. It's very complex uh, in nature. So in my opinion, there's no room for bro science, but it's just freaking littered with bro science.
0: It is. Uh, I, I want Nick to uh, maybe do... Do the impression of uh, T.J. Dillashaw telling Joe about Sam Calavita and <laughs> and their training method. <laughs> Do you remember that?
2: No. What was that?
0: Remember, it's like, man, he's next level, man. There's no, I mean, he's only got like three or four clients. There is nobody else <laughs> in the sport doing what he's doing, man. And that's why he won't take on a bunch of guys. And then we found out what that amazing thing was. That TJ was
1: doing EPO, <laughs> was EPO, son? Was EPO, son. <laughs> Dude, all it's right. it's pretty it's pretty hilarious because you measure something that spits out numbers, and all of a sudden it's sports science. It's freaking <laughs> awesome, right? And you're just like, oh geez. freaking like you're measuring um, heart rate. You're measuring heart rate, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're doing sports science. Oh, <laughs> Joe,
0: Joe bought a hook, line, and sinker. And that's why he needs to be careful is because he bought it hook, line and sinker and, and okay, Todd Martin. And, and so TJ uh, spread and I'm not, okay. I respect him as an athlete and as, I mean, what his accomplishments are, you know, generally speaking, he's trained at, I've seen him at, at, at GB, obviously will has seen him and all that. But careers were affected were by what he did. You know, he tried that shit when he got with a really superior athlete, like a Henry Cejudo, and it didn't work, and he ended up getting knocked out in, like, what was that, the first round?
1: Yeah.
0: When the, it was in the first round. Yeah. But Henan Barao, who he fought twice, and never tested positive once, and went something like over 30 fights without a loss. Okay? That's incredible. I don't and a lot of those fights were in the UFC. Uh, got destroyed by this guy who claimed to be next level training for his fitness and cardio, and was natural. And he effectively started the end of Baral's career. Uh, and some of that, not all that, because I, I I also put some blame on Barao's coaching. And obviously, you know, he has to take blame himself as the fighter. But some of that was uh he was just absolutely uh physically cardio wise outclassed by tj and then he pops for epo and then his teammates said oh yeah by the way he's been doing that for quite some time this didn't just start so um so when you when you talk about people's lives are affected uh, uh fighters you know we talked about chris cyborg before we talked about others that we suspect that this is what can happen when you take an extremely talented and athletic guy like TJ and hardworking guy. And then you apply something like an EPO and it gives him an unfair advantage. But anyway, it's time to move on. This is MMA BJJ in life. I'm DJ San Marco along with Dr. Will Wu and Nick Kazono And we are traveling back in time to last weekend and UFC <laughs> fight night 182 Felder versus Dos Anjos. A performance that inspired my brother, Nick Kazono Take it away, Nick.
2: Oh, it was lovely. So lovely. <laughs> good to see. Good to see RDA back. You know, he looked. He looked good. He you was know, amazing. You talk about using all of your sort of uh,
3: martial offensive
2: arts. arsenals, and he did that. And I think he. I mean, I don't know. I could be a bit biased by going by what this thing was saying but i think it was a smart strategy to mix up the takedowns kind of drain you know the cardio of a felder by pressing up against the cage going for those takedowns getting getting some takedowns and working some some of his uh work and everything like that and then mixing it up with the hands so it was a nice varied attack and everything I, but, but the thing point. that was
0: missing i think nick is he forgot to thank will in the post-fight speech. And I don't know how RDA forgot that.
1: Or because I, because I sit on the bench and watch him train and it's so, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's I
3: so mean, But how much of a
0: factor is that in, in his success? I mean, we gotta, we gotta be able to quantify
3: this.
1: Oh, my, just my mere presence yeah, in the mere academy presence. when yeah. he's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, mean, I People say that I usually bring down the level of training when I enter the academy because of my <laughs> buffoonery um, and my poor technique. But he was able to overcome that. And so if you're able to overcome those types of training obstacles, obviously it's going to prepare you for combat within the
0: teach. It, it does. It speaks well of his character and his work ethic. Uh, but we were, just, <laughs> we were just saying a week ago, we actually, we kind of predicted that something like this was going to happen and we were talking about The absolute murderer's row that this guy has been through since when he won the title, even to now, he has fought that, you know, some of the toughest, that he is, we said, he's basically, he's one of the toughest guys on the planet Earth. I mean, and that's what he is. Oh, Islam Makachev? Oh, yeah, I'll fight him. Sounds great. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, it's only Tuesday. I mean, by Saturday, I should be ready. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me go down to COVID Brazil and uh, train for that fight. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train for Islam and I'm also going to try to dodge COVID at the same
3: time. <laughs> A-
0: absolutely incredible what he did. Yeah. Uh, Rafael trained down at Novunyau with Dede Pedernales, something that I would not recommend to anyone. But uh, I guess in this case, it, it worked out well. <laughs> it worked out well for him. And uh, will, were you, did anything surprise you about what you saw?
1: I think the number one thing that I was surprised about was how good Felder looked on such short notice. Um, and it was able to last the entire fight pretty much. Uh, I, was, I was stoked to see that, to hear that RDA was going to fight Felder because it's, it was the last fight on his contract, and he wants. To fight. He wants another UFC contract, obviously, because he wants that 155 belt. Um, so I was excited to hear from that because it gives him a really good opportunity for a win, which he was kind of in a, in a series of, of losses there. So I think that really helped his future prospects. Um, he did look good at 155, but me just being nitpicky is I'm going to go back and I've said this before is I still like him best when he was with Rafael Cordero at Kings MMA. I agree. In terms of the number of kicks and how he mixed up his kicks or his striking with um, with hand strikes and, and leg strikes, uh, I still like him at his best there. It was really nice to see that he was going for takedowns. And I don't know what his percentage for takedowns was, but it was really nice to see. Um, but me nitpicking again, I'm like, there's a really – big difference between the Dagestani guys taking, taking guys down, and, and just, just yeah. yeah, And not even jujitsu guys, even just wrestlers in general. And we have this conversation a lot. DJ is I'm always advocating to DJ. We shouldn't talk. We shouldn't say wrestling. When we're saying takedowns, we should just say takedowns because what those guys do is more than just wrestling. There's judo combined with wrestling um sambo yeah sambo and so wrestling doesn't wrestling doesn't do it justice when you describe takedowns as really takedowns are takedowns um, and so i think what the i think kabib has spoiled us when you watch a Khabib fight you look at how he can take someone down regardless of how much they're trying to train and game plan for it and not only that what we saw in the felder fight was felder was able to to get up I don't want to say fairly easy, but he was able to get up. Um, with well, those there, with those dudes, it's really it's really difficult to do that.
0: One thing there was a protracted size difference uh, between the two. Felder was quite a bit bigger than Hafel was, and you also saw that when he was against the fence, he was able to get his head above Hafel's head, and when that happened, he was able to push on the head, use the other hand to push on the ground. And, use the, and the cage is obviously very helpful. Obviously you can't do this in the middle. That's why Rafael really should have shot more in the middle of the cage than he did when he was shooting, when he was between the black line and the cage. And uh, you saw that uh, Paul did that. And once his head rose above Rafael's head, now I'm standing up. When Rafael noticed that a couple times and he tried to gather Paul and get his head above Paul's head, that's when you're holding somebody down. So... There was a couple of technical discrepancies, but the main point is, um, and I agree with Will, that when he was with Rafael Cordero, the leg kicks he was throwing out, he destroyed Nate Diaz with leg kicks. He destroyed a couple of guys with leg kicks. So, um, it was a very, very strong part of his game that's not as strong now because he doesn't throw the volume that he did that was requisite under Rafael's tutelage. However, What we did get to see is a complete mixed martial arts performance where he said, I have a guy who's a great striker, I'm going to wrestle. Does it matter if I take him down every time? No, it doesn't. I just need to tire him out and get his arms to where he's not popping me, so where he doesn't have enough strength to fight me off, and to where when we are in the center of the cage, he's not snapping that jab into my face like he did in the first round. So his wrestling was extremely effective even when he didn't get the takedown. Nick, lightweight is looking pretty good, my brother. He looking like he's a a Brazilian churrascaria. There's a whole bunch of meat, veg, salads, and taters. And Rafael's about to get busy on that lightweight division. What's up?
2: I'm into that. You know, and I think he deserves an you know, opportunity like this cuz he's just been through like a murder's row of fighters at 170 55 so it's good to see him kind of firing off cylinders hopefully the weight cut doesn't you know zap him too much but he looked good in this past fight for five rounds but yeah i think he stacks up a lot better in this division compared to the the wrestling heavy division of uh welterweight so i mean they're more strike striking friendly sort of fighters in lightweight that i think he pairs well with he did get hit quite a bit though against felder granted felder's a great striker but you know if he takes some shots against gagey is he going to be able to take them? tony kind of lit him up last time they fought so i don't know and then hooker hooker's a really rangy sort of kickboxer i mean he's gonna have to get inside and do some damage against hooker but he's gonna have to maybe take some shots and on his way to get in so and hooker is not an easy guy to take down either i mean you saw that what he did against um what's his face uh the guy from new york uh oh uh you know, ally quinta Al-Aquinta. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah you saw what he could do against ally quinta i couldn't take him down Al quinta's mm-hmm. a pretty solid wrestler himself so i mean he's got his work cut out for him but i, I think he matches up better against those those guys against the uh, bigger stronger sort of wrestlers at 170 so yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's I'm saying wide Dana, open.
0: Dana White is 100% back in the Rafael. If he ever was thinking that he's not in the Rafael Dos Anjos business, he's 100% in that business right now. He's like, I got an exciting guy throwing a lot of strikes uh, who looks great in this weight class. I mean, right now, stock up, man, on Rafael yeah. Dos yeah Even if he lost that fight, he'd be stock up right now. Because of the way he fights. And I got yeah. news for you. When you guys look at, at at boxers and strikers, and there are certain guys that have really good head movement. You know, you've seen guys with a lot of lateral head movement side to side. Rafael is never going to be that guy. He is going to be a guy that's going to take one, and he's going to give you one. He's never going to be, and that's okay. I mean, there are, he's in great company in that regard. There are a lot of guys in, in the there are some people that are really good at slipping punches, really difficult to hit and some people are not. you know some people are more have that boxing style. I mean, the best hand striking um, martial art in the world is boxing. So guys and gals, you know Kelvin Kadar, we're about to see him with Holloway. Um, these guys that can avoid strikes that have a lot of lateral movement, and can take their head offline when they're throwing a punch. Uh, they want to hit you without getting hit. Okay. Now, of course, in Adesanya, we saw that Kelvin Gastelum did hit him. But a lot of guys haven't been very successful at hitting him. Right. Hafael's um, always going to be that guy that's going to get hit. But he's going to take one. He's going to give you one. So that's okay. Uh, moving right along, what else did you have? Let's see. So we were going to go over that card. So amazing win. Paul Felder. This guy's such a G, man.
3: This yeah. guy has
0: a theater degree. He has an acting degree, Will. Yeah. I didn't those,
1: know that. Those two dudes, we had talked about this, about the Connor McGregorization of the UFC. And I look at RDA, his post fight interview, and Felder's willingness to take that, that fight on such short notice. And I was like, dude, that gives me a little bit more hope that it's becoming a little bit less WWE-like because when you hear RDA in that post-fight interview talking about, they're asking him, well, you know, you were training for for Islam, who's training for takedown defense, and then you're, they put you in Paul Felder, who's a really good striker. Why would you do that fight? Uh, what were you guys talking about? And one of the main reasons he talks about, or RDA talks about, why he does that fight. Is because it would affect the payday of everyone else on that card, and so he's kind of taken one. He's taken one for the team um, in that light. And he's, you know, he's he's uh, he's the type of fighter that. And he says, "This is I'm not I'm not backing down. My philosophy is be to be strategic about how you take on fights. His philosophy is I'm going to fight anyone." Right kind of thing, right? And so that's kind of the that's the old school UFC that I really that made me like or gravitate towards MMA in an overwhelmingly fashion um, from the boxing game, which is just really difficult to watch these days.
0: I'm going to agree with Will, but I'm also going to point out a reality of what the UFC is. There, the UFC. And we're gonna, we've are gonna we pointed this contrast out before, this juxtaposition, if you will. The juxtaposition between the Fertitta-owned UFC and the corporate-owned, um, tell me the name of the company, Endeavor, you know, it's that entertainment group, um, W-M-E-I-M-G, Endeavor owns yeah. the UFC, yeah. uh, owns Zufa, if you will. When the Fertitas owned Zufa, the fighters had a little bit more leverage to say, I will or I won't. If you're an astute observer, like I'm sure Rafael Rafael Dos Anjos is more than anybody on this show by magnitude of 10, he knows if you get mouthy with Dana White and tell him, I will, I won't, I will, I won't, uh, he's going to act a lot like a certain political figure that we all really love, and he's going to tell you to F off. And he will put you in the penalty box. And that is something that did not happen because a lot of these guys would just call Lorenzo Fertitta and say, look, you know, Lorenzo, this is what I want. You know, Dana's doing that. and And Dana would be brought back into line. There's nobody to do that now. Dana is omnipresent. And Ari Emanuel and Patrick Whitesell are not. They're like, we want to see dollar signs, we want to see margins, and we don't give a shit how you do it. And so Dana has much more free reign with his 9% of the company now than he did when he had 9% of the Fertitas company. So that's why I think Rafael Dos Anjos is playing the smart game for him financially and the long game to get the most amount of fights and get paid regardless of who he has to fight. He's like, I'm going to be banking, I'm assuming. I'm going to be putting away checks for my kids' college, my future, my family, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's what he's doing. I mean, who else would, would, would do what he's doing? But he knows if he were to try to buck Dana, look at Colby Covington. These guys went to the damn uh, Republican convention together, went to Trump rallies together. And, and when he pissed Dana off, Dana put him in the penalty box.
2: Well, is that more Dana or is that more the higher up saying like, hey. No, that's Dana. Together. I trust. How do he, you know that? I know that. I know that.
0: He has le, more his, power today than he had.
2: I'm not when, disputing when that. When, definitely, when, Frank, but,
0: when Frank and Lorenzo were there.
2: Definitely. I'm and not Frank was that. a
0: silent partner for the most part. For he, sure. Yeah. But, but Lorenzo was not.
2: But Dana has to answer to these board of people that own the UFC. So. Therefore, you know, they don't care. They they just want the almighty dollar. So, I mean, they could easily just say, hey, this guy's not taking the fight, F him. You know, Kobe Covington's not taking the fight against whoever, you know, for the title or whatever, or they can't agree. They're, they're like, no, we're not going to pay him that much. I mean, they could easily just, I don't know. I think it's, I think Dana's under, not to, you know, back or sort of defend Dana, but I think there, there is some sort of, Sort of higher ups that he has, that Dana has to answer to, that might lead him to be.
0: I just explained. I just explained. But you're saying he has all the power, which he he has carte blanche based on the margins, the margins that they want to achieve, and and they've probably given him some guardrails in terms of what he can spend on an event and different fight matchups and things like that. But he has more carte blanche now because they you can't call Lorenzo you can't call Frank they don't come to events and say hey look this is going yeah, they on don't. It, it trust me yeah,
3: I, they know, don't I know I know enough yeah, of I've, these guys
0: yeah. personally and these girls personally that I hear I hear things you know my friend and I I know. I, this, I'm is, not this is this is a terrible time to bring this up my friend youucf Formiga was cut
2: yeah uh, I heard this week about that yeah so
0: um I've been friends with him for a decade I've spent the last three holidays uh, to uh, Thanksgiving and Christmases with this guy. And I'm going to spend this Christmas with him as well. Uh, It's very, very sad. So, uh, you know, maybe in another era, you know, in a prior era, he's able to call and say, look, Lorenzo, I beat the champion. I beat Figueredo. I should get another shot. But that's not the world that we're living in right now. And Dana – Flyweight's
2: just – they don't really care about Flyweight either. So if he was maybe a – weight or welter. That's or, true I don't too. Know, That's maybe true they could have gave him another. I feel like flyweight. If you're not top five, and if you lose, oh, he a is. Couple, he is. But yeah, I'm he just is, saying. but
0: like, it's it's not. It's just it, It's a different world, <laughs> and I'm not going to blame ass situation on this. But I'm just telling you that this is a this is a com this is a very very different world where fighters were able to say what they wanted to do and guide their career. If your name is not champion, if your name is not Valentina, if your name is not Amanda, et cetera, and we could go on down. I won't name them all. um, You have basically almost no leverage. You just saw what happened with Tony, Dustin and Tony, Dustin and Tony just got taken apart. Justin was taken apart. Then the Jorge Masvidal, somebody that's, very friendly with Dana's friend, was take, was set, was uh, removed uh, from a, a billing potential billing, and only got back on because they lost b- because of the COVID situation, which is gonna it's gonna screw up Dana's plans now with COVID because he's gonna have to scramble to keep. We've had how many cards now? have We lost multiple fighters off of a card due to COVID. However, that notwithstanding, um, they are selling titles to the lowest bidder. At, at
2: to some degree aka Gilbert Burns <laughs>
0: yeah and and
2: Dustin <laughs> hasn't even
0: signed yet according to uh or connor excuse me Dustin signed now connor hasn't signed so it's it's a, it's a very different world it's a very chaotic ufc there is a whole arm of politics that has made its way in that is dividing fighters now because you have fighters out there talking politics, something that would be absolutely absurd even five years ago. Six years ago, would have been absurd. Yep. Until there was and one fighter that said he wanted politics. to beat up Obama. I don't know if that was Chael or some other. Somebody called Obama an idiot. I don't remember who that was. So.
2: I mean, most of these fighters are Trump supporters and conservatives. So that's just... Uh,
0: I don't know if I don't know that I would say most, but a lot of the high-profile ones that we hear of about, are, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I could name as I bet you I could name as many that aren't as you could name that are. All right, let's go. Okay, I think maybe, maybe I think some that aren't. I think, with, with I think to Nick's. I think
1: to Nick yeah. to Nick's point, if you look at other major sports and you look at the distribution of where they would fall on. A political continuum, UFC's overwhelming has an overwhelmingly more distribution on the conservative side than say the NBA or the NFL would have. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah at least, or at least the more vocal ones with with yeah. their political views. You know, if they're the vocal ones, tend to be very very conservative. Bryce Mitchell.
0: That that was my point. <laughs> that 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 was my point. Is that I could probably. We're going to end up – it's going to end up that I'm naming – I'm going to name a lot of the fighters who are people of color that aren't, and you're going to be naming a lot of uh, all-white fighters. Um, so I don't know that really, we really want to draw those distinctions because
2: – I mean there's some guys that are of color that are Trump supporters as well. Really? Like uh, Mr. Crystals. What's, ref- what's his face uh, that just lost to um...
0: – Oh, uh, Jared Cannonier.
2: Sure, can yeah, a, a conspiracy Q, QAnon. yeah yeah trump supporter yeah. uh what's his face from uh matt Sarah's camp algemeen sterling he is too he, he slides yeah he's he slides a bit a conservative he just had an anti mask kind of rant as well cuz uh, what's Ray his Longo face
0: is as well so.
2: well uh chris Weidman and uh i think one of his training one of his trainers or training partners, I forgot who it was. John, was the old UFC. not John Falante. He was an older UFC, he was a UFC fighter like maybe like eight years ago. Really and now, he okay. has his own gym, I can't okay. remember, but his wife and uh, I don't know, they were there, they had they had a uh vaccination sort of uh kind of controversy but some sort of vaccination issue with their child and their child i think might have passed away got sick from a vaccination so they're now they're anti-vax and so chris wyman and Ali quinta and all those guys are like anti-vax and so algemeen sterling's associated with them and it's just like i think it kind of spreads from anti-vax to anti-mask sort of um viewpoints and then algemeen sterling had like a tweet about being anti-mask and then i think what's his face uh, preacher Jan just said, shut up, wear your mask, let's fight. <laughs> to, to, to be, to I like me, that. I like that. <laughs> to, like, be, yeah. to be
0: perfectly honest with you, I really I really don't want to go down the road of politics on the show just because there's a, we're getting enough of it yeah, in no, every definitely. other aspect of our life. <clears throat> I wanted really to say that, that it – really what I wanted to say is that it exists in MMA today is where it didn't. I didn't want to sort of like – I don't really want to draw a whole bunch of distinctions and take sides. and um, Yeah, no, that's, could, that's If somebody's fair. really astute, they could probably figure out where I'm at. Yeah. But the bottom line is I'm really in the middle uh, of the whole thing. But but there's so much of it. And and we fighters didn't used to talk about this. Fighters used to talk about matchups. They used to talk about camps. They used to talk about what they were going to do e- to each other to some degree, a little bit of trash talk. There was It was fun. Um, I mean I've been to events I've been backstage I've been to the fighter meeting where they meet where they used to meet all right. uh, I've been to all those things everything that a fighter goes through in the UFC I've been to all those events and they never talked about this and today I mean you would probably see political t-shirts and things and it's just it's just it, it's really sad it's really not. Someplace that uh, it's really not an escape anymore from politics the way it was. Um, And all that to say that uh, Daner is in fact the ruler of this thing. And if you piss him off, you will find yourself in a place where they're going to offer you the minimum that they have to offer you, which is once every 12 months or whatever the hell it is, they have to offer you a fight. To keep you under contract, meanwhile you're getting older, you're getting beat up in training, and you're not fighting, making money. So they they hold you like this, and once you're under contract, can't.
2: You're well, stuck. I so, think the optimal way to approach it is to be ready, healthy, and ready to go. What Dos is doing, yeah. I
3: mean, if, if honestly, your object though, is to
0: make money.
2: <laughs> that's what you know. I mean. If you're, I mean, it's a small window to make your splash in this, in this game. So, I mean, I feel like if you're not ready all the time, kind of within range of your weight, it's a so, you know, you could take a fight on, you know, a couple weeks notice if you're low enough, granted it's easier said than done, but I feel like all these guys and girls should be in that sort of state, what to take, sh- especially now. What Shemiah
0: said, right? What Shmaiev said, what yeah. Rafael Dos Anjos said, what Paul uh, Felder said, Angela Hill said, exactly. Um, you know,
2: just always be ready. And you know, if and and you could be strategic about it too. I mean, if yeah, if Kamzat Shmaiev he's an opponent, you're <laughs> and you're a you're a you're a, a rookie, you're not going to raise your hand and be like, all right, sign me up, let's go. You know, I mean, you, there's some there, there should be some sort of uh, decision-making and strategic sort of ways. Strategery, to, if you will. Strategery.
0: Or, All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's All right. From, even word? from <laughs> the
1: wise words of Philippe Delamonica, don't get ready, stay ready. Get, can I go. get
0: an amen? All right, really quickly, um, guys, Will, uh, Kamzad Chemaev is fighting Leon Edwards. The odds came out, and the odds are... Will, uh, Nick, look that up for me on... Um, on what's, uh, what's the site? MMA fighting. The odds came MMA out. Uh, okay. Chimaev is favored. I think rightly so. I think, I think uh, Chimaev is going to take this, and Leon Edwards is going to go down.
2: Well, they promised Leon Edwards a title shot if he beats Chimaev. So <laughs> I, guess, get, get... I mean,
0: that's Will, like the only Will, way I think. Who's, they, getting they had that, him. who's getting that title shot? Will <laughs> oh, you
1: just said who is going to get it? Kamzat's going to get it cuz he's going to win that fight.
0: He's going to win that fight, man.
1: He said MMA fighting.
0: Yeah, I believe uh I don't know if it's Alex K Lee. Man, you got to be quicker if you're going to if you're going to be my Jamie, you got to work a little quicker, <laughs> now. Dude, my
1: internet is slow. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious because they said uh a couple fights ago, maybe it was more than a couple of fights ago, they said, "Oh, Kamzat um, gets people to the ground, most people to the ground, but he doesn't have the stand up acumen um more the knockout punch acumen they start knocking people out and <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh yeah, this guy this guy is uh the heavier i mean yeah he's a heavier heavier mauler like Khabib isn't but he has uh he probably he has got more he's got a knockout power that um we don't see from Khabib uh, yeah, let's, i don't see
0: it uh yeah is i'm it? looking right here uh leon edwards Schedule to go down. Still favored. Um, yeah, let me know. just put the. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay, Chimaev is a minus one eighty five over Leon Edwards, so he's not a big favorite. Uh, Leon Edwards is coming back at plus one fifty five, so they're giving him the slight. The, the slight. They're hoping that the money will go on Edwards, uh, but Chimaev's gonna Chumaev's gonna win that fight. Whoa. We'll see how good Shmi. Think- I
2: mean, obviously Shmiyev's good, but we'll see how good he could potentially be. Obviously, if he beats a Leon Edwards, yeah, he's title contender. If he doesn't beat Leon Edwards, there's sort of some question marks. You know, you'll if he doesn't beat him, you'll see some weaknesses in his game that he could potentially work on and everything. I mean, I don't know. Has he gone the distance in any of his fights? Not in UFC, but like in his other fights. I will, I will look yeah, that just, up for you. That's um, one thing. It's like you see this guy destroy. You see any fighter destroy their fight, destroy their his his or her opponents in one round, two rounds. Then if they I don't think it's away, how it, I
1: think it's. I think you have to look at how he's doing it. If he's not going the distance because he's knocking people out, then I would be concerned. But if he's not going the distance because he's dragging him to the ground yeah, whenever he wants, true. that's something completely different. It is because he could do that all day, yeah, every day. <laughs> five round,
2: 10 round, doesn't matter. Yeah. Totally. I get that. But yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, I'm
0: looking him up right now. So, so I have to be Jamie and Joe Rogan. Come on, Nick.
3: <laughs> All right. So he's
0: nine and oh, uh, no, the longest he's gone is he went to the second round against John Phillips. Then he submitted John Phillips with a Bravo choke. Um, uh, so he has two Bravo choke wins in a row. Wow. Wow um I'll out of all this, his win um Cam, okay, go ahead nick while i'm looking this up
2: his his heart will be tested against leon edwards i think leon edwards is he's a very well-rounded fighter he's a tough fighter he's been against he's been against the best i mean he lost to i think his last loss was to kamaru usman within like i don't know his last like eight fights or whatever he's on a seven fight win streak so i mean he Dude. He's quite good, so I think his I think Shumayev's heart will be tested. I don't think Leon Edwards is gonna really go away as as quickly as the other opponents for Shemeyoff. So it will be it'll be a good test for Shamayoff if he's the real deal. If he isn't, well he could still be, but he might not be there if he can't get past.
0: Okay, so Leon Nick, Edwards. out of twelve fights, he has seven KOs against oh five submissions, man. He has, oh, in gosh. Bravo chokes alone, he has three. Jeez. And of, of impressive. a guillotine, a matalial. I mean, this is ridiculous, man. This guy right. is really, really good. I, 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 What I'm trying to say is I'm trying to be bold here. I'm not trying to take the central position uh, and play the role of the Swiss embassy. I'm like, he's going to win. He's going to beat me on Edwards. And and Will is saying that. Where are you, Nick? Is he going to win or who's going to win? Edwards or Chimaev? I mean, if not, you're going to get lunch for two with Alexander K. Lee at a Korean food truck that has the Korean tacos.
1: I don't know how you're struggling with this pick, (laughs)
2: Nick. I'm trying to go against the grain here.
1: (laughs) Come on, man! I'm
2: trying to like say how you feel. Anytime
3: a DJ, uh,
1: there's there's a group of fighters that just have the blueprint. I have some sympathy for. No, this is not sympathy. There's no sympathy I have here. Sympathy it's just for
0: Leon. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'm. I'm so pissed. Sympathy they're doing for Leo, this to him. Man.
1: Sympathy, yeah. Sympathy is. Oh man, I'm super bummed that they're putting uh, Leon Edwards up I'm, with Tom's. I'm, I'm being a
2: rebel here. A rebel. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a rebel. I want, I want I a bit of. A I want a bit of mutiny here in the show. Down in A little Dixie. bit of
0: mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm singing Tom Petty. All right, I have the perfect example for you of Dana White's autonomy over the UFC. He has Leon Edwards, who was number three. He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley, and then after that, it was basically going to be like a title eliminator uh, fight. Um, Jorge Masvidal wasn't interested, which he should have been. Dana should have just made that fight. It was a natural no-brainer to say, Jorge, if you want to fight, you're going to be in a title eliminator with this guy who hasn't lost in what? Eight fights or nine, something, some something crazy yeah, something like that. Something crazy. If you were Jamie, you'd look that up. That's At least the point. seven. So at least um, seven. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll I think look, he hasn't lost since his first fight when he fought Usman in the. USA. His last,
2: his last loss was against was Usman, Usman. Yes. Before Usman got loss. the title.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he tells. He tells. Um. He hears. That his boy, Chemayev, is being told by Leon Edwards, dude, you're not even ranked. You haven't fought anybody yet. I'm ranked number four or number three. I'm not going to fight you.
2: All right. He's got eight wins in a row. His eight last wins, fu- his said, last loss was Usman. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so what does Dana do? He tells the UFC cronies, take him out of the rankings because he doesn't want to fight Chemayev. Okay. Now you're on rank, schmuck. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> you got to fight him. Now now he's to right fight him. Yeah. So now him.
0: you have to fight him. Now you're on. You should have fought like Wonder Boy. So, yeah. So. Should he have
2: fought Wonder Boy?
0: Yes. I think Wonder Boy would have been a better, a better Over fight Chimayev? for him than Chimaev. Okay. I think Chimaev. Now people are going to laugh at that because Steven Wonder Boy Thompson is so great, but we're talking styles. It's the wrestling. So yeah. Leon Edwards yeah. is a really good wrestler for a guy who grew up in England, not wrestling. Like Rafael dos Anjos is a really good wrestler for a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. But Chemaev is another level. He's another level of guy. And, and, I, and I fear that he's going to go in there. And this is what I feel really, uh, um, I'm sad about this and I'm upset about this But it's a reality of life in the UFC because I like Leon Edwards and I think he's earned where he's gotten to. He's going to go in there, he's going to lose, then he's going to find himself like number six, seven, or eight. And Shemaev's going to be number three with a shot at the title.
2: Yep, that's the game.
0: Now you put him against Kamara Usman with two bad knees. You know who, who basically has old man knees, who says he has to walk backwards down the stairs because his knees hurt. How's that going to look?
1: Is Edwards that says that?
0: No, Usman the champion.
1: Oh, okay. Ooh, that's not who bueno.
0: It's not a. It's not. It's not a good situation, uh, but it set Jemaya up for success. And because they don't like Leon Edwards for some reason, well, screw him. When Masvidal, he should have told Masvidal. You're gonna fight. You had the backstage slap fight with this guy. You're gonna fight him next, but no. Masvidal gets what he wants.
2: Who do you think Masvidal is gonna fight next? To a degree. Kobe. Uh,
0: That's a really good question. Uh, He probably wants Connor. He wants another shot at Usman. And he probably doesn't want Colby. Right?
2: What do you guys think? They're not gonna give him Usman again. He's gonna to have to have another win before they do that, unless they're desperate or something.
0: He's gonna say, "I bailed you out when you had nobody to fight Usman. I fought him on eight days' notice."
2: Yeah, but how 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 would they sell that? I the a,
0: I, I hear people on MMA fighting and and people on uh, on bloody elbow all the time. Oh man, but you, with another camp, it's a camp, whole, different whole, camp. Fight, man, to, whole different fight, man. A whole different fight. How's that fight go, Will? If Jorge Masvidal fights him again. Hey, Ripley.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with Masvidal in that fight because he had true. trained so little and he survived. That was just a really good demonstration of survival skills in the cage um, that he showed. If they're both well-trained, oh, man, Usman's just so tough. Even if you hit him, He's just so tough. I don't know that Masvidal takes him down to where Usman's on his back. So I'm going he with. Did, he doesn't. <laughs>
0: yeah, he doesn't. That's so I will probably
1: go with Usman on that one.
0: Me too, uh, and I'm going to come to you, Nick. Uh, he, Masvidal's a great fighter. I mean, there's just yeah, there's no absolutely. two ways about that. But I, I just don't think that he's going to beat Usman. And frankly, Nick, do you think he'd beat Usman? Do you think he beats Colby?
3: Hmm.
2: No, I don't think he beats any of those guys.
0: I don't think he beats either of them, man. I really don't. He's not
2: gonna get washed by them. It's gonna be competitive because it was competitive with the Usman fight. Granted, he was yes. He was training for a wrestler before he got on the fight. He was training with he had Bo Nickel, who was like I don't even know like a three time national champion. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a beast. He had Bo Nickel at American Top Team, and he was rolling with bow nickel wrestling bow nickel for at least a couple months prior to the usman fight so i mean he he was training but he wasn't training specifically for usman because he didn't get the call until whatever a week out but he was training so he looked good based on i think his training with with that and everything but yeah i mean i don't know he's got a better chance of beating kobe than he does against usman but yeah i agree
1: i agree with nick on that one and then I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna agree with Nick on that one because Colby is such a doucher.
0: Yeah, it's you know, yeah. I mean, regardless of what you think of Colby, I'm not a fan of Colby. <laughs> I don't know who's, you know, I mean, I guess Colby does have fans, but um, that's not what we're, that's not what we're about. You know, it's just this guy is a, the guy is just such a great fighter. I mean, it's just his, his skills in the cage uh, are really, really extraordinary. He is. He is one of the best welterweights that we've seen in years, probably since Saint Pierre. He's he's one of the best welterweights we've seen. You know, we just seen what he did to Woodley. Um, he's a. It would have been very. It would have been fascinating to see Colby Covington against a prime George Saint Pierre. That would have been fun business right there. That would have been great, great, great fight. Uh anyway. Uh, so this weekend, we have a pretty decent card uh, that I want to talk to you guys about. And this is, of course, MMA BJJ and Life. I'm your host, DJ Sam Marco, Dr. Will Wu, Nick Cazono. You can find us on Twitter at MMA underscore BJJ underscore and Life. You can find Will at, at Dr. Will Wu, W. But don't. But, 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 don't. don't but don't. All, all, <laughs> yeah. all one uh, one word. And, of course, eats thrash, which I'm hope, hoping Nick will change it to something that most oh. people won't think it's trash. And they'll start eating better. Uh, <laughs> but, but this weekend, we have U- a numbered UFC 255 Figueiredo. Davison Figueiredo, who was beaten. His last loss was to my friend, Jucia da Silva. That's his one loss, 19-1. and 1. His one loss to Jussie Formiga da Silva, who beat him in a decision against Alex Perez at 24 and 5, the excellent wrestler out of no cal um, who uh, stopped Jussie, but he's, he's a great, great fighter uh, in the main event. He's 24 and 5. Uh, what do you have to say about this matchup, my brother Nick?
2: I don't know too much about Alex Perez, but figured that'll man. The way he just dismantled my boy Benavides two times, man. This guy. I mean, he's big. He's a big flyweight. It's big. He hits hard. He's got great jiu-jitsu. I mean, you know, great striking great submissions. I don't know. I mean, i i I'd probably go with him. And I don't know. I mean, there's probably a few flyweights I could probably hang with him right now in my opinion. I like to see what Brandon uh, Moreno and uh, uh, Roy Ball. Yep. Yeah, they're on, that's on the same card. We I like to see. get to it. Yeah, but maybe those guys can maybe give figure it out a, a, a run, but I don't think Alex Perez okay. can do it. Granted, I don't know a whole lot about Alex Perez, so his wrestling might be an X-factor in maybe
1: winning him the fight. Will Woo. I got no idea. I'm gonna to defer to you on you guys on this one.
0: I mean, I'm just I'm I'm gonna give it to you. If Jucia was able to take down Figueredo and I am quite sure Alex Perez is uh, though he beat Jucia, they're friends. I'm sure he watched that tape. He may have even talked to Jucia about it. And uh, with his wrestling, I assume he'll be able to put Figueroa on his back. I don't think Figueroa is a big danger on the ground. And therefore, I'm going to pick in the upset, I'm going to pick, pick uh, Alex Perez to be able to take him down, hold him down enough, and uh, maybe ground and pound enough to be able to eke out a decision. Uh, if he's on the feet for any length of time, I, I think he'll be in trouble. So I'll take uh, Alex, Alex Perez in the upset. Okay. Um, in the next fight. The, the one, the only, one of the greatest fighters in all of mixed martial arts, Valentina Shevchenko at 19 and 3, taking on a game, but I believe overmatched Jennifer Maya at 18 and 6. Uh, what say you,
2: Nicholas? I mean, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So we'll all just yeah, say no, Shevchenko and the move on. Right? We'll probably okay. just, you know. Shoot her a couple times in the face, and you know, blow her head off, and that'll be that. But Maya's more of a grappler, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And yeah. she got her title shot from beating Miguel Joanne Calderwood, which Calderwood mm-hmm. had the shot lined up, ready to go. But mm-hmm. then she took a fight with Maya for I don't know what reason, just because she wanted to get a fight in before. I don't remember. Maybe she needed a, you know, payday or something. Or I don't know. But she took a fight that talk about being strategic. Not in the cards with this girl. Apparently, No. she took a fight when she had a title shot already lined up against um, Valentina for for some reason, and then lost to Jennifer Maya. I think she got armbarred. So Jennifer Maya is quite good. She beat my my girl Roxanne Mafieri as well. So
0: she has two submissions. In the last... She has. Uh, That's je... my
3: girl, man.
0: Je... Je... <laughs> I know. Joe jo... Joe Joanne Calderwood <laughs> was meant to be with Nick. <laughs> oh my gosh! Would... Jennifer Maya has two submissions in the last six years, so okay. I uh, think she's
2: more of a grappler. Though I, I, I could be wrong. Though it's just because grappler.
1: of her name, her last name. Yeah, she's, had a she's, like, yeah. she's <laughs> out of shoot box
0: and she's out of Curiciba and
2: all that. But
0: my, um, I I, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, and I don't think. Well, go ahead, but I don't think anybody's going to say anything other than Shevchenko. So should we? just Yeah,
1: she's yeah, she's a beast, regardless of male female. She's. A beast of beasts.
2: What does yeah. what does Valentina go from here though? I mean, do you really? Do you it's guys want to be... uh, Amanda Nunez? No.
0: Well, yes, yes and no. It it she will eventually fight her, but I think uh, Jessica Andrade is going to get the next shot.
3: Oh, She's okay. She's probably going to
0: get one more fight, and then it's going to yeah. be her. And I think I don't I I think shh, that'll be one of the first times that that Andrade is, is really really overmatched, other than being knocked out by Rose. So um, so that's what I think is going to... What happened in the second fight with Rose and Andrade? Do you remember? Was it just a she, she
2: Rose got the decision win, but she was getting beat up in that third round. I was kind of scared. I actually thought she lost that fight. It was close. Like, she looked good in the beginning, and then I think towards the second, middle of the second round, she got hit with a big shot and it busted her open. Rose got busted open. And then... I think um, Andraj just third round started coming strong, and she took her down and started ground and pound her towards the end. And you know, I think uh, Rose landed a bit more, did some good damage. I think in the first, but it, as far as damage, like sustaining damage, yeah, man, Rose got beat up in that yeah. fight. Well, you beat know, how- granted she didn't get she didn't get slammed on her face or anything like that, yeah. but I mean she's getting. Beat up on the ground. And you know how I feel
0: about Andrade, so I'll just leave it at that. Without, without. And
2: Andrade had some nice head movement in that fight. She did. She, you know, she, before she, did. she would just kind of bull forward and just eat shots. But I think I think Angela Hill mentioned that when they fought, she's like, "All right, I was hitting her a lot, but she just wasn't going down." But she's like, the, "You know, oh, you why mean, you could take so many take in the down?" I'm just she's kidding. Like, it's okay.
1: And she's it's low to low the low. ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. But her
2: her point is. She's eventually gonna get her chin's eventually gonna kind of crack and she's gonna get taken down granted you know while uh, ages just but well, you know just took her down with It took
0: cyborg whatnot. a long time so I don't know but anyway uh,
2: <laughs> they have know, low center of masses uh, that was her yeah. that was her take though you only could take so many shots no, no matter what you're on which, yeah. uh, what, what your what your diet regimen is <laughs> what kind of ice cream you'd be eating.
0: And perhaps gen-
2: anabolic been- ice cream. Yeah. You mean?
0: Yeah. All, I'm of, <laughs> all I'm thinking of is uh, Andrade is a GMO.
2: That's all I'm going to say. All
0: right. <laughs> all right. So, so, all right. so <laughs> genetically modified organism. Uh, Tim Means against Mike Perry. This ought to be a banger. Um, I'm oh, going to go. I want to. We- I want to work through these Mike quickly, Perry. guys, because we got to get out of here. Um, I got Mike Perry in this. Tim Means is really rough and tough, but. He's taken a lot of shots lately and, and he looks like his chin is as as Nick was just talking about, maybe at that point. So I'm gonna take Mike Perry. Nick.
2: I mean, I think Tim Means is probably the better striker as far as the more. Technically, yeah. Okay. Right? Maybe not. Probably not who, who power are you picking? wise, not... who are you
0: picking? I wanna get through these fights. It's like I mean, a, a, a quick, quick... It's, Wait, like
2: pause, yeah, it's like a I, quick pick. It's like a quick pick. It's not it means, easy getting you more to polished okay. Yeah. Very. No explanation. Get him out of here. Get, I'm his, going get his wife being Mike, Mike, out of here.
0: Mike Perry. Yeah, we're not picking based on who we like here. All right, Cynthia Calvillo against uh, Caitlin Chukagan, who's now training with uh, Mark Henry and company from uh, Ray Longo and company. So um, She just lost that fight that, to um, – she got knocked out by Andrade, I believe, right? Yeah.
1: I'm so going to give you my pick. Guy. I have no idea.
0: Okay. I'll take Calvillo. Uh, well, you know what? They're both really good I'll... grapplers. I'll take Chukagian. I think Calvillo
2: is a better grappler. Okay. Nah. All
0: right. I'll oppose you. I'll take, take Chukagian.
2: I think Calvillo is a better grappler. I think she's a better grappler than Chukagian. Chukagian didn't really impress me with her grappling With well, when she was against Valentina. Valentina just crushed her. So Granovalski was really good, but
0: still. yeah, that's you know you're that's like saying John Jones beat uh, you know beat somebody you know that doesn't mean that that fighter is not good. Um, all right, so we'll we'll oppose one another. Shogun fighting Paul Craig, I don't really care. Um, I don't care. He's old.
2: Sorry, I love Shogun, um, but I love Shogun, but not...
0: yeah. Um, Brandon Moreno yeah. against Brandon Royval. This is really exciting. I'm Ooh. gonna obviously take Brandon Royval. He is a super duper grappler, and I think he will find his way to the floor. And I think uh, Brandon Moreno, who's a good scrambler, is not going to be able to get out of all that. Uh, but I think he's he's a um, his jujitsu is pretty good. He like I said, he's a oh, really good scrambler. But really I good. think Brandon Roval is going to catch him. You're going to love his submission game, Will. So make sure you catch that fight. So I have Brandon. I yeah, I got, I mean, I got
2: Brandon. Too. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Will. All right. Will doesn't know who these guys are, so, I don't know, so yeah, he's not going like to. You guys You guys could be
1: talking about Double A baseball players for all that. For all. No, will, you would like Roval style?
2: Good. Very active guard. Very uh, aggressive sort of submission. Oh yeah,
1: you definitely. Will. Yeah, you I will def- check it. I will check it out. Yeah, he his Nick.
0: grappling is on point. You really want to see that. All right, um, we gotta get out of here because it's that time. Uh, but it has been a pleasure to cut it up with you guys yet again. Um, you guys were dope. Yeah, what's up, man? At Doctor Will Woo on Twitter, at Eats Thrash, Nick Kazono, and at MMA underscore BJJ underscore and Life. We have at least one. Any, any, First of all, any parting shots, Will?
1: Yes. You're giving me a Twitter handle out. But for all of those who are getting my Twitter handle, don't contact me. Don't follow me. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: okay. I love it. Well, that is a ringing endorsement uh, for you to all engage with Dr. Will Wu, one of the smartest people that I know.
1: I, I will not engage with you.
0: And a guy that has more hair than I do, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Nick, any parting shots?
2: Uh, no, not, not to my. No, no, nothing. No, I, I, I shot on my uh biggest biggest fight You're
0: looking forward to that's coming. Is it uh, Connor? Well, or they're Poirier?
2: all in Is, it, is <laughs> they're is, all is finier, so I can't even
0: say anything. Max and Kel- <laughs> and Calvin Cater.
2: Uh, no, that'd be, dope, one, Cater, that'd be a fun one though. Matt Max and Calvin that would be a fun one. I don't know who
0: wins that striking battle. I mean, I'd man. like to see a
2: John Jones. I think Max. Yeah. Well, depend. He looks great against. Uh, hands, uh, man. God, good he, hands, man. Yeah, he's got length and he got hands too. Yeah, so yeah, he does. He that's does. a
0: that's a really good fight, man. John Jones and Woody. Oh, with Jones, the, bit, the latest thing that Jones, Jones is saying. And- Izzy. I don't. Yeah, he's saying I don't Izzy need Izzy Jones, and I don't man. need. Uh, and I do, I believe the Jackson uh, QAnon crowd has gotten with Jones and saying, they're "Tell not, them, tell them that that Izzy does nothing for your legacy and that Jan Blachowicz does nothing for your legacy." <laughs> oh, and that gosh. way you can go to heavyweight where no one's even remotely as athletic as you. You build up a little muscle, you beat the shit out of all of them. Well, so, he knows how
1: to do that easily.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I
2: mean, what, I'm into that too. I like John Jones at a heavyweight fighting a Nganu and a, and a steep a and even an Overeem fight would be cool.
0: If he doesn't Sign fight, up, Izzy, Blade, I think third. it's, it's running away, but Izzy is making it really easy because he's putting these future dates on it. And now he'll try to talk John back to, uh, back to, uh, light heavy when it's six months from now, actually six, seven and a half months from now. And it's going to be very hard to do if the guy's putting on muscle and putting on weight. So I think Izzy either needs to step up and say, I'm ready to take that fight now. Because ultimately, it's not, no matter what happens in that fight, it's not going to kill Izzy's legacy. Even if he loses, he can still go and dominate middleweight potentially because you have the one guy coming up. That Dana wants to see be a double belt holder. They want to send Chemayev after two belts, right? Middleweight and welterweight. So. Yeah. Yes. But in, in Izzy's mind, um, you know, he could still come back to 185. He can still have a shot at Jan, even if he loses to Jones. So that's how I would look at it.
1: He's going to lose to Jones if they fight.
0: He will lose to Jones, you said? Yeah. Well, obviously, John Jones,
1: Jones, for as good as John, for as much of a doucher John Jones is outside the ring, he's that good inside. I agree. Like I said before, he's the X-Man striking ground game. Izzy has, that would be if Jones decided to go to the ground, he would be the one to take Izzy to the ground and brutalize him on the ground.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: And then even if they stand up, John Jones' striking game is ridiculous. I mean, Izzy's, Izzy's is awesome, too, but Jones has got the combination of elbows, different kinds of leg kicks. It's just scary. That I guy think, inside the ring. Yeah. I they think said he, his, his I
2: th- defense, his striking defense is some of the best in MMA. Yeah. I'm going to well, say this.
0: Jones. I'm going to plant the seed there for the future. Uh, yeah. Oh, what? His striking defense, how he took a record number of punches yeah. against Gustafsson. No, it's just he has an iron chin. That's you one can, fight out of how many? Well, you can hit him in the well, look, face like seven hundred times. You can't hurt him.
1: Is that not defense, <laughs> yeah, DJ? Fights,
0: yes, I guess so. yeah. His
2: recent <laughs> fights, he hasn't really.
1: His
0: recent fights, <laughs> though, like, he hasn't
2: really taken too much. Yeah, he has, and it hasn't. I guess.
3: Yeah, he,
0: I mean, so. no, he, I mean, his hands have gotten a lot better over the years, but I think the thing is this: Izzy looks at what he just did to Paulo Costa. I think he believes, I have long believed that somebody would tenderize the legs of John Jones. I didn't believe that his legs were conditioned to be able to handle like somebody as a powerful leg kicker. It has taken years and years and years for him to finally come up against Tiago Santos. And he rips every ligament in his knee in like round two or round three, whatever the hell it was. But he landed, if you go back and you watch that fight, he lands a couple kicks on John, John tries to play it off like it really doesn't hurt. Izzy is saying, I can do that. I did it to Costa, and I'll do it to Jones. And I think that's one of the things that he's leaning on. But Will... Will's point is well taken. If John decides, I'm going to have this fight no. to the ground, it's very—
1: It's, it's game over. He's mind, comparing— Yeah. He's comparing— he's comparing Costa to John Jones. Come on, man. That's the— uh, That's his initial downfall right there. No, They're but, nothing alike.
0: No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that literally. I think he sees an opening. I think he sees that he could get to John's legs. And like what Tiago started to do and then broke his knee— and couldn't finish the job?
1: Or like what they said Gaethje was going to do to Khabib?
0: No, no. That's a to- No, you can't compare. You can't... <laughs> you, you can't make that comparison. Because, you know, John... Yeah. John could, no, you're right, you're right. You're right. John could be a Khabib if he wanted to. Yeah. He could. I mean, he could have taken down all these guys if he wanted to. He decided that wasn't what he wanted to do. Yeah. So that's, that's his choice. Sure, he could have taken down Gustafsson in the first fight. But... For whatever reason, he wanted to prove he could stand toe to toe. So, just like he did with they Santos. they did say though that
2: John Jones's takedown sort of um, percentage within his last like five fights have been pretty low, based on the fact that I think the division has sort of matured and the guys now are more athletic, like a Dominic Reyes. I know, respectfully have... oh, disagree. He... Granted, he didn't. Granted, he didn't yeah. try to take down Santos. He could have, but Reyes though, he tried to take down Reyes. He couldn't, he couldn't take down Reyes. I, managed, I, resp- took down, took down Reyes I respectfully,
0: I respectfully disagree. And I'll say, I'll apply the same standard to Jones that I applied to Daniel Cormier. He, he became the type of fighter he wanted to become. If he wanted to focus on wrestling and taking guys down and grounding and pounding them, he could, he decided he didn't want to do that. So that's, He's doing what he wants to do. Just like DC. Khabib said, I'm going to take guys down. I'm going to smash guys. And he's done it. He's not the only one that could do that. But he he's decided that's what he wanted to do. You see Usman decided, I'm going to take guys down. But I'm going to use a limited amount of energy. I might get them up against the cage. I'm going to foot stomp them. I'm going to knee them. I'm going to stomp their foot again. I'm going to drive my head in their chin. And then I'll try to rip their hips out from them. So his amount, his sheer volume of takedowns is less than Khabib, right? But he uses a similar tactic, only that he's willing to employ more striking and a different type of cage work that Khabib doesn't do. Cage, Khabib doesn't get you against the cage and try to grind you and knee you. He gets you against the cage, and he's just focused on one thing. What's that, Will?
1: Get him to the ground. That's it and mall.
0: That's it. So
1: which so, which is smart from a longevity standpoint because if you look at the number of times that Khabib has taken high volume hits to the head how do they how can how does that happen when you're on top of someone?
0: Right, it's almost none. But we've seen a version of that that Colby's done. Colby did it to RDA Colby did it to Woodley. Colby's done it to a number of different opponents, right? And we've seen Usman do it. So there are other guys guys that are out there. John could do it if he wanted to. He did it to Brandon Vera. He did it to uh, the other wrestler, the deaf guy, Matt Hamill. So uh, there's other guys he could take down if he wanted to. He decided, like, for example, with Lyoto Machina, I want to stand up. I want to prove I can take a punch. I want to strike with this guy, and then I'm going to guillotine. And I'm going to put him to sleep standing up, which he did because he's six foot five and he guillotined the guy. Oh, he
2: did take down Machida and busted him up, and then Machida came and then scrambled to his knees and then scrambled up to his to stand. And then that's when John grabbed the choke and just.
0: But when he out. decided in the second fight he wanted to take down Gustafson, how quick was that?
2: Oh, yeah. It was, he, yeah.
0: he took yep. him down within 20 seconds. It was he over. Was, over because his ground and pound i mean nobody nobody can there's nobody that can stand up to john's ground and pound when if he decides he wants to hip down on you and hit you with elbows it's over man he's just decided that he wanted to be able to do a myriad of different things it's a beautiful expression of mixed martial arts that he does but it's what he decided if he goes in there and says i want to take down Person X, Y, or Z, he could do that if he wanted to. So with Izzy and I, I don't doubt what Will says it'll be over. Uh, uh, but those guys are looking at the evidence and going of what Nick's pointing out and going, shit, he's not. His takedown percentage is not that good. I can kick this guy in the legs. You can until John decides he's going to bring in Ed Ruth again and he's going to spend the entire camp wrestling. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> so. Uh you're in trouble if you're in Ganu, you're in trouble if you're Stipe, you're in trouble if you're any of those guys. You're in trouble if you're Jairzinho. Uh you're in trouble unless you're Juan Espina. And then John's gonna just decide to strike. Cause he knows he's not gonna take down Juan Espina. because so, you know Juan Espina was an Olympian for Spain. So anyway, alright guys. I bored everybody long enough. Um I'm even tired of hearing my voice at this point. Uh, Will <laughs> Willoughby, thank you for uh, for your expertise tonight, Nick. Thanks for your expertise, brother. And are us- you gonna
1: Are you gonna lead us out with the original podcast song? Okay,
0: here we go. All right. Or is so it f- gonna be? You
1: know what's gonna happen, Will?
2: He's gonna hit the wrong button no, I'm not.
1: again. Yeah, and it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be some awful old old band that was around before i was born or right. you were born
3: right
0: all right for <laughs> dr will woo and nick kazono i'm dj sam marco saying peace out one love and i'll see you down the road here comes
1: here comes for
0: Rama by kevin mcleod what's up party people <laughs>